welcome back. This is Sherry again at the Intentional Home Podcast. It's good to have you with me today. I am looking forward again to looking into God's Word, sharing some words of encouragement with you today, and hopefully some words of challenge as well. So the past several, I don't know how many weeks now, I've looked at some Psalms, and today we're going to do something a little bit different. I wanted to take a little break from the Psalms, and I'm going to look at another passage of scripture that I just was praying about and and looking through my Bible, trying to figure out what God wants me to share today. And these verses just uh, spoke to me, and I feel like they're words that we need to hear and be challenged by and encouraged by. So I'm going to share with you today. And again, I don't take a lot of time to plan out what I'm going to say. I really just allow the Lord to show me as I'm recording this podcast. Um, I read through the passage and and have some thoughts, but I don't plan what I'm going to say. And I just ask the Lord that he would give me the words that you need to hear today and that I need to hear. Because we all know we're living in some pretty hard days. And as a Christian, And I know that there may be some listening to this podcast who are not believers in Christ. And if you are not, I encourage you, reach out to me. Um, I don't know how you can live through these days without hope in Christ and the hope that we can have through him. But as a Christian, there is so much going on in our world that totally defies God. It mocks his word. Uh... It, it rebels against truth, and it, it's real easy to get uh, frustrated, to get down, and I, I just keep going back. The, the passage or the, the thoughts that keep going through my mind is, where is our foundation? What are we building our life on, our beliefs on? Uh, and that foundation has to be Jesus Christ. It has to be the truth in God's word. And uh, you can just look around at our world and and see what happens when your life is not built on Christ and the truth. So we may may get into that a little bit later, but um, let's just go ahead and dig into this passage that I'm going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 3 all the way through chapter 4 verse 8. So 2 Timothy, starting in chapter 3. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth. 
men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth, and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So these verses in Second Timothy are, uh, are, are ones, I just want to maybe just go through uh, some of these areas, these uh, sections of verses that, that popped out to me and just share what the Lord is showing me through these verses. It starts out in in chapter 3 where it talks about what we can expect to see in the last days. And, you know, this list of of this description is pretty sobering. You know, people will be lovers of self, self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, Brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having an appearance of godliness but denying its power. That is quite a list of uh, a descriptive list of what we can expect to see in the last days. And I don't know about you, but it seems like in recent days, we, we know that this kind of behavior has has always been a part of our sinful world. But for some reason, it just seems like in the past, I don't know how many years, recently here in the past, I don't know, five years or so, 
It just seems like it's become more and more out in the open, the blatant sin and corruption that is going on in our world. Whereas in the past, it seems like we know it's been there, but it's kind of been behind the scenes. It is now coming fully out into the open for all to see and not only coming out into the open, but is being imposed upon us and much of this evil as is being portrayed as good and true and something that everyone should be giving uh, obedience to and and this is where we fall into the the persecution that is most likely going to come to Christians because when you remove God when you remove all that God has taught, all that the truth that the Bible uh, is filled with, the basic principles of God's truth, when you remove those foundational truths from our lives, from our our society, from our uh, our, our just our our civil laws, when those become when we had them, they're not founded on those basic principles, godly biblical principles, then you start to see the massive destruction that is, is going to happen. And so, you know, that list, that list of, of grievances or, or evils that we're going to see in the last days, I, I think that, that God wants us to be aware, you know, we're supposed to be watchmen, we're supposed to, to watch out and to be aware when these times come. And so this this chapter starts out with this list. Uh, another verse that, that kind of jumps out at me is verse 7, where it talks about always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. And I think there are, we, we see this going on today. We see so many very, very intelligent people and they, they acquire so much knowledge whether it's uh, technology or, um, or law or uh, science, whatever the area of their expertise, they acquire so much knowledge, but yet they fail to come to the knowledge of the truth. And I think that at times, uh, even as Christians, we can be tempted to be seeking knowledge in other areas instead uh, instead of seeking knowledge through God's word. And not that other sources are not helpful, but I think we do need to be careful that we are not spending all of our time, um, you know, watching all of the, the, uh, motivational speakers and reading all the self-help books and and all of these things that that can be a help to us but God wants us to get to the source to our foundation uh, in in God's word to get our knowledge of the truth we want to make sure we are basing all of our decisions and our conclusions that we come to need to be based on God's word and on the truth um Another thing in verse 8 that talks about these these two men that opposed Moses, 
it talks about them opposing the truth and that they were corrupted in mind um, and that they would not get very far for their folly will be plain to all. And I think of how, you know, some people think that they can can do evil and and get away with it. They think that their sin is kept in secret and that nobody will know. But this is another verse that is very clear that God knows. Your sin will find you out, as scripture talks about, that these two men who opposed the truth and all of those today, all the people today that are opposing God's truth, they will not, their folly will be plain to all. I, I think that in today, it seems like much uh, corruption is coming out into the open and people's personal lives, the corruption, the evil, the sin that has been uh, in the dark per se has been coming out into the open. And I think people are starting to see the depravity, the, the, the mass sin that is going on. And so it's encouraging, though, to know that, that, that God knows. He knows. And justice will be served. These, these men and women who are doing these evil things, who are opposing the truth, that they will not get away with it that God is the ultimate judge and he, uh, and he will take care of it. So let's go on in the passage here. Um, the next section, kind of starting in verse 10, I, I love this, this list where he talks about, um, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings. All of these, it's kind of a list of, uh, you know, Paul is saying that that you've followed, like you followed my example in all of these things. And I thought, wow, you know, is am I living my life where other people can look at my life and say that I have followed your conduct and your life and your faith and your patience and love and steadfastness and how you've been persecuted and suffered for Christ are people, can they look at my life and say that they are, they have followed me and in, an, in a sense have followed Christ? That's a big challenge. It's a challenge to me. And uh, I want to be living my life so that others can, I want to be that example of Christ before people. And then in verse 12, it's, this is a verse that, uh, a lot of motivational kind of preachers will not even touch this verse. A lot of health and wealth, name it and claim it, preachers don't want to touch it because it doesn't appeal to our, to our itching ears. It's not what we want to hear. But verse 12, chapter 3, verse 12 says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Um, and, you know, it, it says we will be persecuted while the evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And it's like, we will be persecuted 
And most, most likely we will continue to see the evil going from bad to worse. And, and yet in the next verse, it says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. And I love that word firmly, because even though we maybe go, go through times of persecution, go through times of suffering for Christ and standing up for, for truth and what we believe that in the, and the sin around us continues to get from bad to worse, that we need to continue to stand firm and, uh, continue on in what we have learned and what we believe to be true from God's word and continue to be strong. And at the end of that chapter, verses 16 and 17, a foundational verse from the Bible, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. And so it's talking about the, the, the foundation of God's word, how it is profitable for all of these things in our lives. It's, uh, it's to help us so that we can be complete and be equipped for all that God is calling us to do. And so again, it, it's a, that no matter what we're going through, no matter what suffering and persecution that we go through, that we need to stand firm on God's word and we can stand firm on God's word because God's word has been, the Bible has been inspired by God, written for us, for all of these things. is to teach us, to correct us, reprove us, and to train us. So we can, with confidence, we can stand firm on, on God's word and, and not, not feel like we do not have that firm foundation that we can stand on. And I don't know about you, but when you, when you are being uh, persecuted about something, uh, something that's in the Bible that you're taking a stand on, the Bible's very clear on this issue, what is right and what is wrong, and you are being persecuted for it. You're being told, no, that's not right. That's not culture, culturally relevant. That's not correct. God loves you. He doesn't care if you, you know, live your, he wants to live your life and, and be happy. You know, all of these arguments that come at you to try to dissuade you from taking that stand on what the scripture says. And God wants us to be confident that his word is truth. And we don't have to, to back down because we question that source of truth. God wants us to be confident that this is his word, that his word is true, and that we can base our foundational beliefs on what the Bible says without exception, without excuse, and we don't have to back down. We can continue to stand strong because we know it is true. So that was just, that's really encouraging to me, just knowing that that I can stand firm on God's word. And, you know, I don't know how people do it, you know, and maybe I'll, I'll get into this a little bit now since we're talking about the foundation of God's word. But you look at, at all that is going on 
in our world. And all of these areas, whether it is the, um, the LGBTQ area, the gender, the whole gender thing. Uh, one example, what happens when you take God's creation, you take the account of God's creation of God creating one man and one woman with his plan for a family to be married and to have children. You take that basic foundational thing and you say that you take God out of it. Then all of a sudden you have, there is no foundation for marriage. Marriage doesn't have to be between one man and one woman. You can have two men or two women or two women and one man. That's a thing now called a thruple. You can have multiple people in a marriage. Uh, when you take God's command to procreate and to multiply, you can't do that when you have two men and two women in a marriage. You can't procreate. All of these things start to break down. You don't have the family unit anymore. You don't have uh, children in, in, a, in a home with a, a father and a mother. You have a society, I just read this morning in, I can't remember which country, they're wanting to take the word mother out of their vocabulary because it it's not fair and appropriate for those that are non-mothers. They're trying to totally take away our gender identities and that's just one that's just one area where you take God out of it. You just you just look at all of the issues that we are facing today and you take well okay and I'll give another quick example with the and some of you may be aware of what's going on with the whole globalist agenda, the Great Reset. Uh, part of their plan is that people will not own property, that you will not own anything, and you'll be happy. That that is that's the one of their agendas. So, owning private property is no longer going to be allowed. Now. That is not biblical. You look at scripture and scripture talks about having your own property and working hard and, and earning your pay and earning your your way. And that's just one area. There's so many different things that you could go into and maybe I should have written down a list. But, but you know what I'm talking about. When you take God, you take God's biblical principles and you take them, you remove them from our lives. You remove them from how our government operates. You remove those and you have a recipe for disaster. Uh, look at our, our health care. Another example with all of the, I'm not saying that, that health care is bad, but there comes a point where when you don't acknowledge that God created our bodies to uh, to operate the way it does and they think that they need to manipulate it to make it better. In a sense, they're playing God. These scientists and doctors, 
that is wrong. Um, they, you know, there's so much different things going on with, with genetics and artificial intelligence and all these different things that are going on that is trying to manipulate how God created our bodies and to change it so that people can control people instead of our bodies functioning the way God created them to. So there's just so many, so many different areas that you can look at that when you take God out of things, things fall apart and totally lead to destruction. And we are seeing that at a rapid pace now. We are are seeing the total disruption of the family unit. We're seeing disruption of uh, any kind of biblical values. If you stand up for there, there is coming a time, we know with the Equality Act, if that gets signed, if that gets passed and signed by the president, it will be against the law to stand and to speak the truth in God's word on certain issues. It will be illegal to refuse to employ someone at a church who goes against the standards of, in the Bible. Uh, there's so many different things that will be, that will no longer be, uh, we won't have the freedom to do anymore according to the law. So Christians are going to be persecuted in the days ahead. It's, it's just a matter of time. And the reason is, is because God is, God is being removed. And when you take a stand on godly principles and values, you will be persecuted because that will no longer be accepted. And it will be labeled as being a threat, as being uh, racist, or as being hateful, hate speech, you name it. It is being labeled as that, even as we speak. And it's, it's just a matter of time before Spe- speaking up and standing on these principles is going to be illegal and it will be a threat. So that is why we need to know what God's word says. We need to stand strong. We need to be firm in our faith, firm in what we have been taught and what we have learned. That's why we need to be putting on our armor daily, as it talks about in Ephesians 6, and and not, not give in and bow to the culture. Um, so, okay, that's enough of my little rant, but, but you just sit down and think about, you just think about what is going on. You look at, at all these things that's going on in our culture right now that you know is wrong. And then you kind of think about what is wrong about it. And most of the time, the underlying problem is that there is a godly principle or value that has been removed and has been rebelled against. And uh, anyway, okay, let's move on. All right, in chapter four, then of Second Timothy, it talks about. Um, so, so Paul has talked about, you know, this is all of the evil and corruption that's going on. This is what you're going to see in the last days. And then it talks about the persecution that is going to come. And then in chapter four, he talks about this is the charge. This is the challenge that he is putting uh, to. Uh, 
to them, to the believers, to preach the word, to be ready in season and out of season, to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. And so that's the challenge is to continue to preach the good news, to continue to be ready in season and out of season. Uh, to me, that means we don't know when Christ is going to come back and we need to be ready at all times. Uh, reproving, rebuking, in other words, that means taking a stand for what's true and correcting people when they are wrong, showing them what the truth is and what God's word says, not to be silent. We've been silent as a church for way too long and we've allowed sin to go unchecked and and God wants us to be preaching the truth, to be preaching the good news and to expose and correct when there is, is wrong and when there's sin that is coming out. Then in, in chapter four, verse three, talks about that there's a time coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but they have itching ears and they'll accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. So in the, in the Christian realm, there are a lot of prosperity gospel, a lot of, a lot of false teachers that accumulate to themselves people that want to hear what these preachers are saying. They don't want to hear a preacher that preaches the Bible, that preaches the truth, that preaches that, that personal accountability, that preaches repentance, that, re, that preaches that there will be suffering and persecution. People don't want to hear that. They want to hear that they're going to have the best life now. Uh, they want to hear that God's going to bless them and give them everything that they want. Um, so we are, we're seeing that. It's been going on for a long time. But even more so, I think, as the, the persecution on Christians ramps up, I think we're going to see more and more of this, that people want that appearance of godliness. And so they will go to teachers and preachers that appear to be godly, but are not teaching the true gospel. So Paul is kind of warning about that, that we need to be countering that with the truth and uh, trying to make wake people up to the true gospel and because there's going to come a time where people are not going to listen. In verse 4, it talks about that they're going to turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So <clears throat> Paul's kind of warning us that don't be discouraged. There's going to kind of come a time where people will not listen and they will turn away and they will go their own way and fall into the the false gospels, the myths, the, the things that are not true. But our job is to to preach the truth, to to continue on doing what, what God is calling us to do. And it talks about being sober minded, you know, being humble, uh, enduring suffering, doing the work of an evangelist and fulfilling our ministry. So there is is Paul's challenge, you know, 
to not, I think sometimes because we, we know what the truth in God's word is, it's, it's tempting to come, come across as being prideful, but we need to be careful. We need to be sober minded. We need to endure suffering when it comes, knowing that we are suffering for Christ and suffering uh, because of uh, our stand on truth. And then Paul ends that little section here uh, in verses uh, 6 and 7 and 8 where he's talking about, <clears throat> he, he knows that he's nearing the end of his life. He says he's fought the good fight, he's finished the race, he's kept the faith. And then he talks about that there is treasure, a crown of right righteousness laid up for him in heaven and that the Lord is going to award him on that day. Now, that verse is quoted a lot too, verse 7, where it talks about, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, <clears throat> I've kept the faith. And, you know, that is what, that's what I want to be able to say at the end of my life. I want to be able to say that I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race and I've kept the faith. I think, you know, all of those things are important. We, we don't want to just fight the good fight and finish our race, but then lose our faith. You know, that's not, you know, we can't have just one of these or we can't just keep our faith, but, but not fight the good fight and finish the race. You know, God wants us to be in the fight. He wants us to be, uh, running that race that God has set before us. And because when you're running a race, you're not, you know, I guess it's kind of like being in the fight. Uh, but when you're running a race, you have a, a finish line and a goal that you're working towards and you have a purpose, you know, you're not just running around with no end goal in mind, just because you want to run. We're running a race, meaning that God has a plan. We have a destination, a direction that we're headed. And and God wants us to be running our, running our race, run the race that God has set before you and fighting the good fight. Uh, it, it is a good fight. This battle that we're in, this battle between good and evil, it is a good fight. And it's one that, that God will win. And he has already won, actually. So... And then the last part, keeping our faith. It, it's so tempting in these days to get discouraged, to feel like the, the, the work that we are doing in this battle seems like it's maybe not doing any good. But I just want to encourage you to continue to fight, continue to put on your armor daily, and continue to run the race that God has set before you. Because no matter what, God wants us to be faithful. And I was reading in a book the other day and it talked about how uh, about God doesn't so much care that that we succeed, that he, he cares more about our obedience. And I think sometimes uh, we can get discouraged because we don't see success. We don't see the fruit from our our obedience and our fight 
in the, in this battle for for good and, and evil and God wants us to be encouraged and to know that he simply wants our obedience. He wants us to keep the faith, to continue to run the race, and to continue to fight for truth, to fight for for God's word. So I know that was a lot and I'm sorry this got kind of long today, but there's been so many so much just heavy on my heart and I wanted just to challenge you today to while, while we see, while so much is coming out in the open, so much of the evil and the, the corruption, it can be very overwhelming at times. There's so much coming at us. It's hard to know what to do and what to fight for. But I want to encourage you to seek out the Lord, get before him, let him show you what you need to do and just be obedient. Continue, do the next thing that God is showing you to do. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries of its own. Boy, that verse is becoming more, more, uh, hanging on to that one more recently. But we can't worry about tomorrow. We need to look at what God is calling us to do today. Be obedient. Stay in the fight. Keep the faith. Put on the armor. And, and know that God is going to be there. He's going to be faithful. And we will have, be able to say like Paul did, that he has fought the good fight. and He's finished the race. He's kept the faith when our time comes and what an encouragement that that's going to be. So before I close, I did want to um, share with you a couple of books that I've been reading recently. They're just excellent books, especially for the times that we are living in right now. And they're both by, by Erwin Lutzer. And you can find these books in different places online. And I will, I'll post links in the in the podcast notes so that you can find these if you're interested in, in reading them. But the two books are called The Church in Babylon, Heeding the Call to Be a Light in the Darkness. And this book is just a really, really good one. Uh, from the back of the book, it says, How do we live faithfully in a culture that perceives our light as darkness? And that's exactly what I'm talking about, the persecution that is going to come. Because when we stand on the truth, on the light, that it is going to be perceived as darkness, as wrong, and we will be persecuted for it. So that's just a really, really good book because it goes through a bunch of different um, areas of things that's going on in our culture and how we are to respond to that. The other book by Erwin Lutzer is called We Will Not Be Silenced, Responding Courageously to Our Culture's Assault on Christianity. And this is just another one that that goes through different things that our culture, that we're going through in our culture, and how as a church that we need to be responding to this. Um just so many, so many good things that we need to know about, that we need to, to be fighting against, and that we just need to know so that we can be standing strong, uh, standing for truth and God's righteousness in this world that continues to, to demonize the truth and, and God's word. So those two resources, I'll put links in the, 
in the show notes so you can check those two books out, but they're just excellent. And I think will be an encouragement to you as you walk through these days, these most uncertain days, and continue to remain strong in your faith. And I just want to encourage you. I I was talking to my dad recently and I told him it seems like that the darker the days get, the, the stronger my worship. And I don't know if you're experiencing that as well, but it seems like that the more, uh, the more that comes, the more uh, challenges and trials that come, it seems like the sweeter the worship of our Lord Jesus becomes. And so I just want to encourage you today. I hope these words have been a blessing to you. Uh, and I just want to continue to, to encourage you to keep on keeping the faith, keep on running your race, that God is faithful. He is going to be here. And we know that we are on the winning team and just want to encourage you in that today. If you want to check out any of my previous podcast episodes, you can do so by going to my podcast page on my website. It's sherrygram.com slash podcast. And you'll see a podcast player there with where you can kind of scroll through and see all my previous podcasts. Just encourage you to do that if you would want to do that. So thank you again for joining me here on the podcast. It's been uh, a blessing to, to get back on here and to share with you. And I pray that you have a blessed day and we'll see you again next time.